The money stories that we have sometimes are so deeply rooted that money is a very scary topic to talk about. It's it's mm-hmm. scary to have conversations with your partner. It's scary. You're one of the things I noticed coming up for me was I was afraid of being judged with how I spent my money because I come from poverty and now I'm not. Hey, this is Allison and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast, where we talk all things budgeting, debt and saving money. Today, we have an incredible guest. Erica Cruz. She is a coach, a speaker, and the dynamic force behind Courage Driven Latina. From making a daring switch from a six-figure tech job to starting her coaching business in her childhood room, Erica has grown her business to multi-six figures in just a year. She's dedicated to empowering Latinas to live a life they love and to lead with courage. Today, we'll be diving into how to master your mindset and overcome self-doubt, particularly when it comes to money. So whether you're ready to take your financial health to the next level or you simply need some inspiration, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Erica, welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for having me. What an honor. I'm so happy to be here. I really am. I met you in Puerto Rico at a conference, and I found your journey, your story really inspiring. And I wanted you to be able to come on and share your story because I think that it can inspire others. So can you share a little bit about your transition from a tech job to owning your own business? And then tell us what your business is about. Yes. So I... Did the whole American dream, went to school, got a job, landed a job in the tech industry. And I thought I was going to be in tech for maybe a year. And then I always had this goal of, oh, I'm just going to go start my own nonprofit. But then I got into tech and I ended up staying there for eight years. And it wasn't until the pandemic when healthy people were passing away that it was really just this reality check. If I leave this planet, if I pass away due to coronavirus or anything that, you know, I mean, anything could happen, would I be happy with the way that I live my life? Would I be fulfilled? And the answer was no. And Mm -hmm. I think it was just one of those moments where I didn't have much to lose. And I think really when I asked myself the question of, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? And the worst thing that could happen is if my own business didn't work, I could just go back to tech. And I think I had this big realization where I was like, so pretty much I am in the worst possible situation right now (laughs) 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 because I was currently in tech. So let me tell you how the business came about and how I made that transition. So I had, I thought I was going to leave tech because I went through yoga teacher training and I was like, okay, this is it for me. I'm going to become the Latina yoga instructor and this is going to be my exit. But I I graduated from yoga teacher training at the end of 2019. So of course, in 2020, when all the yoga studios closed, I was like, well, that plan went out of the window. But it's so crazy because yoga teacher training really got me into mindfulness and into meditation and just self-development in general. So when I was already creating content on Instagram and then and TikTok, which everybody at that time laughed at me, right? They were like, oh, that's the kids app. But I started uh-huh. to create content on TikTok all about mental health, all about mindfulness. And then the pandemic happens and we're all stuck inside losing our minds. So mm-hmm. my content went from no followers to 500 followers to 5,000 followers. I remember I went from 12,000 to 25,000 followers in one day. That's wow. how quickly TikTok was growing. Yeah. And, and then I started hosting these free workshops because people really liked what I was talking about. So the workshops were how to stay motivated during the pandemic and how to overcome self-doubt, how to grow your business on 
on TikTok. I mean, I did all the different workshops and at every workshop, people started asking me if I provided one-on-one coaching Mm -hmm. and I didn't even know what coaching was. So I was Googling, I was like, what is coaching from there, from those different workshops and from having growing an audience and growing my personal brand on TikTok, I ended up launching a group program called at that time, it was called purpose driven Latina. And it was meant to help people find their purpose and help them take action on that. And I think everybody in that moment was just questioning what they were doing in their career and in their lives. So it was really one of those things where opportunity uh, was really met with preparation. And that's how my business took off. And I did both for a few months. So I stayed at my tech job. I launched my business in end of July, beginning of August of 2020. And I stayed at my tech job until the 1st of November. Okay. And then I went full-time in my business after that. Mm -hmm. So what do you do now? What does your business look like now? Now that we're kind of back in, I don't know, quote unquote, normal life, if anything's normal, what what does it look like now and who do you aim to help? Yes. So my business now is I run a coaching business and Mm -hmm. I'm also a speaker. And then I will also do things like brand deals for QuickBooks or TurboTax. So I still create content, but Mm -hmm. the main focus now is my coaching business. And I mainly work with women. So I have a group called the one that was purpose-driven Latina is now called courage-driven Latina, because what I realized was it's not just about finding the clarity. We all at some deep down have that clarity. It's about having the courage to go after what you want. So inside of that program, what I help people do is I help them take action on a courage project. And that courage project could be launching a podcast, Mm -hmm. showing up on social media, growing a business, being the first in their family to go to therapy, dating after a divorce, anything that requires courage. Mm -hmm. That's what I help them through in that program. And then I also have a mastermind, which is a higher level program. That one's more focused on entrepreneurs, also focused on women, Mm -hmm. not only Latina though, anybody's welcome. Anybody's welcome and courage driven Latina too. The only reason the name is that is because that's kind of like what had taken it, helped it take off. And because we do talk Mm -hmm. about the cultural expectations, but I have a client who's like Filipino American and it's the same stuff, right? It's like child of immigrant type of thing. You really help people just have the courage to do something different in their life, right? I love that. I speak to women about budgeting and money and just laying a strong financial foundation. So I guess I'm wondering, how do you think that this can show up with money? And have you ever worked with clients that are like, overcoming or trying to gain courage around their finances. Yes. Yes. I feel as if I'm probably the perfect example of this because (laughs) as the founder of Courage Driven Latina, I go through a variety of courage projects myself. It feels like every phase of my business and in my personal life, I'm constantly experiencing courage projects. So I've had a lot of clients who have the desire to become a money coach but their own mindset around, oh, but I'm not a financial advisor or this isn't what I studied at school. Yet these women are so well-read. They've gotten themselves out of debt. They've helped their entire family become financially free, right? So a lot of what I've supported them through is the mindset and the courage to actually go and do it. And I think the transformation for them is when they really begin to ponder, well, what happens if I don't do this? Who won't receive the help mm. if I don't do this? Because sometimes staying in our comfort zone, yeah, we, I mean, really how comfortable is our comfort zone? But think about all the people's lives that you could be changing that you're not. So I've helped a lot of people in that department, but myself, 
I think for a long time, I didn't have the courage to really even look at my money. And there was a big time where I just didn't want to go back to tech. And it's so funny because when I left tech to start my business, I moved back into my childhood room and I was like, I'm going to be there until my business makes money. And once it makes money, I'm moving to LA or Mexico city. Well, fast forward Mm -hmm. three years, I'm still in my childhood room. And it was, it wasn't until last month that I was like, you know what? I really need to face my money right now. And Mm -hmm. once I looked at how much money I actually had in my account. I was like, it's so crazy how the story I've been telling myself about my finances has kept me here, but I could move anywhere I want. If I wanted to uproot my life and go to Europe, I could do that as well. So back to your question about courage and about about money, I feel like nothing is really about the money. It's about what money gives us. Yes. Yeah. So I think the money stories that we have sometimes are so deeply rooted that money is a very mm-hmm. scary topic to talk about. It's, it's mm-hmm. scary to have conversations with your partner. It's scary. You're, one of the things I noticed coming up for me was I was afraid of being judged with how I spent my money because I come from poverty and now I'm not in poverty. And so just the fact of not having money in the past Mm -hmm. has caused you to have these like, I I won't say insecurities, but these fears, these like lingering fears about judgment because you've come from poverty. It's very interesting because people would think that, oh, you're only being judged if you don't come from poverty, but that's not true. That's not true at all. Today's episode is brought to you by my budget to build wealth. Here's the truth. I do not believe, actually, I refuse to believe that wealth is just for the rich. I believe that wealth can be built on a budget without sacrificing what you love to spend money on. I fully believe that budgeting is the quickest, most effective way for you to reach your money goals. So whether your goal is to stop living paycheck to paycheck, pay off those student loans that have been hanging over your head, or find room in your budget every single month so that way you can start investing for your future, you're going to need a guide, a plan to get yourself there, which is exactly what I'm sharing in my free training, Budget to Build Wealth. In this training, I'm gonna be sharing three massive mistakes that people make with their budget and their financial plan so that way you can avoid them. I'm gonna be sharing with you the secret to freeing up more money in your budget each month so that way you can send extra money to your goals. And I'm going to be sharing with you my tried and true four-step framework to budgeting your way to wealth without giving up what you love. Plus, there is a very special free gift for anyone who stays until the end. You can sign up by going to inspiredbudget.com slash class or just click the link in my show notes. You'll be able to choose a time that works for your schedule and I'll see you there. So let's say that someone is trying to overcome their money mindset or even just like kind of just like dealing with imposter syndrome with their with their money. Maybe someone saying, hey, I really want to be able to pay off this debt. I have student loans. I have car loans. Maybe I have some credit cards, but there's no way I'm going to be able to do it. I think I'll always have debt. My I've grown up and my family has always had debt. I don't make enough money. I mean, obviously, like I like to talk about the math of that, right? How it's possible, but so much of it plays into the mindset of it. So can you walk us through maybe how someone Mm -hmm. who is having those types of feelings Mm -hmm. 
could look at their money and themselves differently. Yes, definitely. So I love that you mentioned this, especially regarding the feelings, because feelings are what influence how we act. So while you could mm-hmm. have, I, I'm sure there's so many people who follow you and you're giving them, I mean, I've seen your content. It is incredible. I, I love it. I, Thank I you. soak it up Thank like a sponge. You. And I love that you take real life scenarios and you're like, okay, well, this is how we can mm-hmm. budget, you know, so you could give them all the formulas, but if they still have the belief about themselves that they're really bad with money, then they, their mm-hmm. brain is always going to look for evidence of that story that they're telling themselves. You need to repeat that because that went over some people's heads or we need to like pause and rewind. Yes. And I want you to repeat that again. So your brain is always going to look for evidence of the story that you are telling it. So it's important for you to be aware of what story you're telling yourself. And if that story is, I am bad with money, you are going to find evidence over and over and over about how you're bad with money. Yes. I want that is a really good journal like prompt. What story am I telling myself? Because we could be asking ourselves that about money, about our health, about parenting. Like I'm a parent and it's very easy for me to fall into the story of like, oh my gosh, I'm screwing my kids up. Yeah. Right. But that's not true. I'm trying really hard and I may be making some mistakes, but I'm not screwing them up. So I love that. So I want to challenge anyone who's listening to just write that down on a sticky note. What story am I telling myself? And then I guess like what, like, do I like this story? Yeah. Is that the next question? Is this story helping me become the version of myself that I'm looking to become? I love that. So let's take the person that is in debt. Like I want to almost like workshop this, right? Someone's in debt. They're telling themselves, I want to be out of debt, but I can't because I don't make enough money. I come from a family with debt and everything is so expensive these days that how am I ever going to have enough money left over to actually send to debt? Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. the story would be that like that, that's the story. Yeah. So the story is you're telling yourself that, oh yeah, this is just it. I'm just not good with money. This is how things are. This is hard. And where is the, where are you inspiring yourself to change from that thought? You're not, you're Mm -hmm. not going to take in. Yeah. You're not going to take inspired action to do something different from that story. So there's actually a bunch of different teachings around this. Uh, Even neuroscience has this where it's like your thoughts impact how you feel, which impact Mm -hmm. the actions you take, which impact the results. But cognitive behavioral therapy, same thing. Your emotions influence the actions you take. And obviously the actions we take dictate our results. So the most important Mm -hmm. thing to, to notice is what we just mentioned, which is the story that you're telling yourself. So, and this is where I am a huge journaler. I mean, I have a journal in front of me right now. So I love it. Even just as you already had prompted the the audience, uh, the listeners, the story I'm telling myself about this circumstance is, and then fill in the blank with whatever that story is mm-hmm. and ask yourself, do I like this story? Is this story going mm-hmm. to help me reach my money goals or whatever goals you're looking to reach? And then what I would mm-hmm. have you do is I would have you challenge that. Is this actually true? Do I need to continue Mm -hmm. to believe this? So let's say I'm just bad with money. Well, is that true? Do you have evidence (laughs) and facts that that's true? And Mm -hmm. just challenging that and then think of a better feeling thought and a better feeling story. Well, what's the story you want to tell yourself? And the fact that you're Mm -hmm. even listening to this podcast right now already lets us know you are working towards a better Mm -hmm. money mindset and better money habits. So maybe the new story becomes I'm getting better with money every single day. 
And the changes that I'm making right now are going to help the future generations because just because something has happened in generations before, it doesn't mean it has to continue happening. And I also want to be mindful of not shaming anybody because we obviously learn our money habits from our caregivers. So a lot of times it's Mm -hmm. not even your fault that you have these stories about money or about yourself. It's not your fault, but you do have the power to change that. And the whole point of really identifying the story you're telling yourself is that you get to rewrite that story. And I think sometimes we we can get into, and I say this with a lot of love, we can get into this victim mentality of like, oh, but it's not my fault. And no, it's not your fault, but it is in your control to change that. And you do have the power. Yeah. So almost, I want people to think about their life like a book or like a journal and they're the ones holding the pen. Mm -hmm. And even though Mm -hmm. they were maybe unconscious of the pages that came before, they get to change that narrative. So if you are the holder of the pen, what do you want to write with that pen? What is the story that you want to tell yourself about you, about money, about what you want your future to look like? So you actually have a story of how you turned your life around financially in just 12 months right? I know you talk about that. Can you share that story and then maybe give us some insight into like the thoughts or what changes you actually made to be able to turn your financial situation around? Here's what happened. Leaving my tech job, I was paid, I was, I was a 20 something year old making six figures. So to leave that behind, especially coming from immigrant parents who had a third grade level education And they have worked labor intensive jobs their whole lives. There was a a lot of drama going on in my brain about this, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame with how am I going to walk away from this quote unquote stable, right? With all the tech layoffs now we're like, is that actually stable? But at the time it felt (laughs) like a very stable job. The story I was telling myself, which was not helpful, was how ungrateful of me to leave Mm. behind a job that gives me benefits and pays me such a, an abundant paycheck when my mom is still cleaning houses and my dad does yard work. And it took a lot of courage for me to follow what I actually wanted. But I think that question that I asked myself, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? And the worst thing was Mm. that I could go back to tech and I did have Mm -hmm. some money saved. I had enough saved for at least three months or so, which isn't a long time if you're leaving a stable job, but there was a few things that did need to happen. And I really had to swallow my ego and move back Mm -hmm. into my childhood room, which I've always been an extremely independent individual. So that was very difficult. Mm -hmm. A lot of pride involved, right? Yes. Exactly. Yes, so I come mm-hmm. exactly. And when I come back here, I think though that because I was no longer paying three or four thousand dollars of rent in Silicon Valley, I removed so much pressure from my business that I allowed myself to take more risks in how I was running my business, which then within 12 months of leaving my job, I actually ended up doubling the salary that I had in tech. So I ended up creating a multiple wow. six-figure business from my childhood room. In the middle of lockdown and the the pandemic, I had not met any of these people in person. And it was just such a, you know, sometimes we don't think these things are possible. And it was such a mind-blowing experience of in 12 months, I doubled the salary that my job gave me. And I think 
the the point I want to make here is that sometimes we think that our job is the source of our abundance, but the job isn't. It's you. And I was giving tech so much power. Oh my gosh. What did you say? Say it again. We think that our job, mm-hmm. say it again. Is like, the... I need to hear this sometimes. <laughs> we And it's it's not just our job, but sometimes we think our job, our partner, our parents are the mm-hmm. source of our abundance, but they're not. It's us. Because if you're laid off, you can go find another job. And it's crazy how much power we give these jobs when it's us. We're the ones that are doing the work and our work and our value can go anywhere. It's not a what it's not just there where it's valuable. And I think that was the big epiphany that I had from starting a business pretty much through social media from my childhood room. And now I've been able to help my mom. I I think the reason I'm still here is because I help her with her mortgage, which is a quarter of the price that I was paying for rent. So I'm like, yes, I can help you retire. I could pay for your mortgage. And yeah, it's so funny how I was like, let's swallow the pride and remove the ego. But now it's actually Mm -hmm. one of the most fulfilling things and not from an ego place. But it's so funny how when you can put your ego aside and actually follow what's calling you. In the end, it ends up being the most fulfilling thing anyways. Wow. How wonderful Like to be able to say that you're helping your mom and that you've like uncovered this that people go to therapy for for years and years and years to see that they hold, I guess, like you said, the pen mm-hmm. to their life and their journal and that their abundance comes from within. So, oh my gosh, I love that. And I feel like there's so many ties to this with just the way we see money and our finances and seeing like, if you get laid off, it's going to be okay. Like things are going to happen in your life and to your money. And ultimately you hold the pen Mm -hmm. to all of that. And even if things happen to you, it doesn't mean that you're destined or for failure or doomed, right? Exactly. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, Erica, where can our listeners find more about you? Because I know they're going to want to check out everything you have to offer. (laughs) Yeah. So I am at the Erica Cruz. So that's T-H-E. And then that's Erica with a K. And then Cruz is C-R-U-Z. So that is my username (laughs) on TikTok, on Instagram. That's also my website. And I also have a podcast called Chingona Revolution. Chingona means bad in Spanish. So it's the bad revolution and that you can find on anywhere you listen to, to podcasts. Awesome. We'll link to that below. At the end of all of my interviews, I like to ask you a couple questions just to get to know you a little bit better. So here's three of them. The first one is, what is one thing you're looking forward to? I am looking forward to moving out of my mom's house. (laughs) It is time. So hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I will be living my best life in either Los Angeles or Mexico City. I love it. How are you going to decide? How are you going to narrow down where you want to go? I'm going to Los Angeles for a month next month, and then I'm okay. going to Mexico City for a month the month after. So mm. I'll, I'll have made my decision so- by December. I'm trying them both on. I love that. Okay. So my second question is, what's one money mistake you've made that you would tell everybody to avoid? Holding on to my money in a savings account, <laughs> like a regular savings <gasps> account, just letting it That's sit there. That's a good one. Just uh, like abandoning it. It's like, I'm just going to leave you there. Yes. Yeah. So where would you recommend putting it otherwise? 
Or where do you have your money now? Or the S&P 500, because I'm like, if it's just going to sit there, let's like, let it sit somewhere. Yeah. So either high yield savings or some type of index fund, or if you're into the stock market, Mm -hmm. then do that. Yeah. I love it. That's a good one. And my last question isn't actually a question at all. Just finish this sentence. My favorite thing I've ever spent money on is myself. Like my personal development, my invest, yeah. Like whether it's therapy or coaching, yeah. Like investing in me because in the end, like I am the creator of the money. So the better, Mm -hmm. the more I invest in myself, I feel like everything in my life improves. Oh, what a wonderful note to end on, Erica. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that people are going to find so much value in and you and what you have to offer in your story. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, if anybody listening took anything away from this episode, send me a DM. I love hearing from people. And Allison, I will let you know when I am in your area of the United States, because I would love to see you again. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it'd be great. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Erica. And ultimately, I hope that the Inspire Budget Podcast helps you live your best life and reach your money goals. If you're loving the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a rating or review. It helps us just stroke the algorithm's ego and get noticed by even more listeners out there. I'll be back next week, same time, same place. See you then.